Welcome everybody to the Producer Marketing Podcast, episode 26. We're in 26 with David S. Black, Danny Camp Beats as a special guest, and me, MP Beats. We're talking about selling. Is it bad or is it just something that you should do? Hope you enjoy it. Hi guys, it's Mark. Yeah, carry on. What's going on? I'm uh, Mr. Producer Marketing Podcast. Um, what could potentially be the best podcast on, on the planet for producers? I don't fucking know. I mean, what else does a producer really want to listen to? Like, they don't really want to talk about, oh, yeah, C sharp minor, A flat, fucking. Mark, are you still alive? No. Oh, okay. Um, so we're here. We're talking business. We're talking business. Uh, mindset. We're talking, uh, we don't really talk about lifestyle, but that will probably come. Me and Mark will probably buy a Rolex and, <laughs> and an Audi or something like that in the next year. But we got Danny Camp Beats on here, straight out of Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I was about to say Virginia. Danny Camp Beats, what's going on? No worries. Yes. And uh, I was just about to say that Philadelphia is uh I've, I've did met- you use my beat yeah fuck you <laughs> no 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 no. that was the song all oh, right all right all right my bad so, so technically well yeah i mean it's your fucking beat but <laughs> slightly different um i'll credit that actually remind me after this um proud mp yeah yeah so we 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 got Danny Camp Beats in here. Um, Danny, introduce yourself, man. And also specifically for this podcast episode, tell us why you're on this one today. Um, today. So my name is Danny Camp Beats. I am 21 years old. I'm a producer from Philadelphia, as we already established. Um, I've just been seriously getting into this in the past, you know, couple of months and taking it full on. And um, I recently released my first single as an artist too. So. Uh, trying to be multifaceted and balance the roles of both being a producer and an artist. And, uh, today, I mean, while I'm, I don't, I, I don't know what your general, uh, direction was for topic, but I was commenting earlier today, just generally talking about balance, self-awareness, how to balance the roles and the hats of being an artist in the modern sphere. It's like, you know, we have to be so multifaceted. We not only have to produce our own beats, record our own vocals, mix and engineer, do our own marketing, cover art. So that was one of the things that's been on my mind lately of just, you know, balancing those roles, when to know how to double down, what to know, what to double down on and what you're best at and when to know when to outsource, when to know when to take a break from all of the right. things you're not so good at. So that's just what's been on my mind. Lately. You mentioned a couple different topics. So this is interesting. So you mentioned um, balance, you mentioned lifestyle. I think you also, Mark, where the fuck have you gone? You also mentioned, <laughs> um, uh, marketing and, and wearing all of the hats and, and different stuff. Can you kind of uh, segment those up for you? What do you mean by all of the terms that you just mentioned? What, what is the problem that you're trying to, um, not necessarily solve, but um, kind of iron out. Um, I just think mostly it's just organization and allocation of time and where you put your time towards. Um, I mean, I've spoken to both you and... Yeah, I've, I've spoken to both you and MP before. I went through a sales call once with MP when you were first starting up uh, producer marketing. I, I know I had a, a consultation with you too. And, and that was one of the main things I always focus on. <laughs> yup, I fucking suck. <laughs> no, 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 but, uh, no, 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 Mark did because he didn't close you. Oh yeah, exactly. Fucking Mark he didn't even close me. Huh? I didn't want it to because I said it's Maddie. That's why. Yeah, no, he wasn't actually Whoa. trying to close the sale. He was going through one. He was oh, walking okay. me through how, as from a producer's perspective, what I would do if I were cold calling. Oh, but my bad. Um, oh, he should have fucking <laughs> slammed on. Yeah, you're, you're coming. You're coming straight at his neck, man. That was before I was even an artist. <laughs> but um, no, I, one of the main things I've talked about, one of the main things I talk about with you guys is just time allocation and organization. Um, and I know you both touched 
on this. When you saw, I saw the success guide, it's just consistency, putting in the hours, really, like you said, working through that pain, everything's not going to be sunshine and happiness all the fucking time. And everyone likes to pretend that everything's great. We all put on these masks for society and act like everything's fine. But honestly, a lot of the time we really like, we do have to be transparent about that, you know, that adversity and the pain and like, no one wants to wake up at five in the morning. No one, you know, it's never fun. It's never pleasant. But like you said, yeah. that's what, and for longevity in the long run, that's what's crucial. Yeah. And um, um, so look, you, you've got two different types of pain. You've got short term pain and you've got long term pain. And um, usually within the short term, we're talking more about stress rather than we are anxiety. Anxiety is usually a longer term type of problem that humans have. And um, we also have frustration, which is in usually the shorter term as well. And um, I forgot where I was going with this, but the point that I was trying to make was that, um, look, you know, really reassess what your your goals are what are your goals as a person you know this is more than just waking up in the morning early and um you know grinding out the day and starting emails at nine o'clock and then you do this and that you may as well go and work nine to five because right. your entire life is about waking up at six o'clock in the morning and just working for the sake of work I was talking to Cena Beats earlier today on a mastermind that was doing producer marketing and something that he mentioned, which I already knew about him because he was exactly where I was at back in December was that when I asked him what his vision was, I could tell that he was trying to communicate it, but does not have it in his head. And if you show me someone that doesn't have a long-term vision for themselves, I'll show you someone who always acts out of the short term as a producer I'm sales. What can I sell now? It's not necessarily a bad thing if your product is good, but my intention wasn't necessarily the best one. Um, right. Your day is shorter. So you plan out a schedule only based on what you're going to do today. And it's usually pretty spontaneous. You're not actually measuring up against what you want over the next five years, the next two years, the next year, and then month by month, how you're going to achieve that. Um, when people act out of the short term, they're more emotional. They don't put as much care into the sale if you're a producer. Um, and there's all of these different facets to it. This is even more important to an artist because an artist's result come much later than a producer do. So I agree. On that topic, if you you can have a schedule. You can be pissed off or you can be uncomfortable or, you know, this kind of mantra at the moment that you've got to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. There's all of these cliche sayings which do hold a certain amount of truth. But the point that I was making on my social media is that life is not easy. Like, and this is actually a relief to people. This is what Jordan Peterson, um, Peterson's topic is about is that Every single day, in fact, probably six times out of 10, you're usually faced with something that is a pain or a challenge to you. And in a society where you're taught that everything should be positive and that you've just got to put a brave face on and just not stress out and, and all of these things which people don't even actually know how to do, um, what you're left with is a human that when they hit a brick wall, they quit. When they hit a brick wall, they quit. Because they're going in with this approach that everything will be fine and we just need to get back to the basics. But when an even bigger failure comes around, they instantly quit on themselves because the attitude that they went into day-to-day -day pain and day-to-day -day stresses, as I mentioned, and anxieties are much greater than their kind of attitude to positivity and putting a brave face on. That's the point that I was making. Uh, right. You know, um, I mean, I, to I totally agree with that. And positive. that's why um, I was reading. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Right. Yeah, I, one of the things I was recently thinking about, um, I was watching this video of Russell Brand. I don't know if you're a fan of him, but uh, he was talking about like stoicism. And it's like a, a train of philosophy where it's basically like non-attachment to the material 
aspects of what life is providing you, whether it's for the negative or positive. So it's just like, no matter, and this is what you're talking about with the long-term goals. So by being stoic, if you have a momentary success, you're not going to get overly excited and overly confident because you know there's going to be more roadblocks and more boundaries. But at the same time, if something bad happens, you're not going to let it get you down because you understand, like you said, it's a life is like a sine wave. It's like an 808 sine wave. It's just up and down constantly. And it's like, you know, obviously over time there'll be a linear, you know, sometimes it's 12 steps forward and 10 steps back to get where you're going. But, um, yeah, I, um, I, agree. I really think that's I, important. I, I, like I, you're saying is not to be too, too attached to the short term. Like I agree that, well, th- this is actually part of what I'm saying that when you're hit with something negative, instead of taking it personally, you look at it objectively and you actually take on that generic masculine attitude, which I do believe in. This is not just for men, by the way, this is for women, men, children, old, young. You take on this masculine attitude that is generally more aggressive, more brutal, less emotionally attached when failures do come your way and that you're the strongest person, the most reliable, the most responsible person in the room. You see, the problem is, is that when you feed a message of, um, you know, just don't get attached to like, like people, like if you're just, if you, if what you perceived was, Hey, look, just don't get emotionally attached to anything. Like there's a little bit more explanation to that because humans are emotional beings. I think to cut in there, I have this, I don't know if you guys believe in God, right? Yeah. I don't really like to say like, I don't know if he's there or whatever, but what I believe in is that everybody, everybody has a written book, right? So that's, this is something, I don't know, but this is something that helps me if I have, for example, a bad thing that happened in the past or just now. Yeah. I believe that this is something, so I believe everything that happens, happens for a reason and gets you to the next point. Yeah. And this is what helps me a lot to say like, okay, this thing is like bad, but that helps me to get further, to get yeah. to the next step, to to make this next mistake would I agree. me to this. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think we all agree. I, um, I think like that, that's an attitude that we all take. And, yeah. and, and on that note though, there's inevitably going to be things that come up in your life because we're emotional beings. There's right. no way that you can remove emotion. Right. That in, it, a, a message of, oh, well, you know, this just happens for a reason without any logical explanation is not going to do you any favors because I can guarantee for every single human being that is listening, that is active on this podcast, when you're hit with something in life that does not have an explanation and is also trauma, is a negative experience, you do not think to yourself, oh, well, this was just meant to be this is fine in in right. that moment you're not thinking oh this is all right you know that's, what that's what I'm, saying. I'm just saying it's like with, of course yeah. at this momentary like this feeling and this emotion I, I believe that you should have that emotion you cannot like live without this like this, uh, that that's something right happening. and just just to clarify yeah just to clarify when i said like as like a general train of thought too like this is like, you know, a, a broad philosophical outlook. I wasn't trying to right. say permanent non-attachment. I just, you know, I'm saying, like you said, we are emotional beings and a matter of, you know, sort of dissociating sometimes instead of letting the emotions ride over. Like you said, taking that non-emotional approach and being domineering with it to ensure that you don't get pitted in a whole cycle of, you know, like making that one temporary moment become a whole week of productivity yeah. because... And here to put it, I agree with saying completely. And uh, just the one last thing I was going to say, yeah, I, but MP was saying completely. And it's like, I'm not sure just the one saying to put all of it into one sentence is everything is a lesson or a blessing. So it's like, everything's either going to teach you something or it's a blessing in disguise where actually it's going to help you. I was recently talking right. to you. I, um, I tore a ligament in my wrist a couple of weeks ago, skateboarding. This is a super random anecdote, but this is exactly what I mean. I fucked up my wrist a little bit. And the day before this injury happened, I was thinking to myself, 
man, I haven't been challenging myself intellectually. I've been practicing the same knowledge over and over, which don't get me wrong. I've been practicing. I've been solidifying foundations. I already know, but I was thinking I always use the same chord progressions. I always go to the similar BPM. I need to intellectually challenge myself. So I'm thinking about that, how I want to read up on theory and really start challenging myself. And the next day I tore a ligament in my wrist. And honestly, it forced me. I can't play guitar. I can't play piano. And it was almost like the universe forcing me to take a step back in order to take 10 steps forward. So that's right. exactly like, you know, that's how it works. And like, that's exactly we're on the same page with this. So, and mm-hmm. a lot of people might've been, oh, I can't practice music. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to lie in bed for the next four weeks. But I looked at it as an opportunity. So, you know, like I, I was thinking the day before and the next day, it's an opportunity. It's not a, you know, a setback. So it's all yeah, a matter I, of perspective. When it comes I, to I agree. So totally I agree. But I think something that, because the, 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 like, I've told myself multiple times that I don't want to um, really teach something until I've had a considerable amount of life experience. You know, I, I give words of wisdom and sometimes, you know, I, I really believe that they are 100% true to myself and sometimes I don't for the simple reason that I can see how they're applicable in life but not so confident that it's more of an experimentation on a viewpoint rather than it is concrete truth. Um, but the point that I wanted to right. bring up is that the reason that you were able to pull out of that and have a logical reflection back onto it, you've also got to remember that there's a lot of people in this is, and I'll get, and there's a second point to come off of this. There's people in society who have such large amounts of depression. So with depression, there's kind of two elements to it. You've got the, um, and, and depression is formed out of one bad event turning into thousands of multiple bad events. So you right. lose your job and then you have to now become responsible for your family and your rent. And then the stress piles up and up and up. And the stress, by the way, will start to ping off lots of different thoughts. And then all of these thoughts will start to lead to a habit and a lifestyle to the point that your subconscious mind genuinely believes that the world is set against you because all of these circumstances have led to nothing but complete pain. And then, of course, you've got the emotional response to that. And in a society where X amount of people are depressed and the chemical balance is so unhealthy that not only psychologically does it affect you, but physically, hence why people can't get out of bed when they're depressed. And a point that I just wanted to ask is that... um, you know, explaining that there needs to be... Now, this is getting into all of the fucking political societal shit, but I just wanted to um, let the listeners know, really, that when it comes to an attitude that you share with others or um, a point of view, make sure that in these special circumstances where you're genuinely dealing with... Um, something such as depression or anxiety that you have an argument which is extremely detailed and if you don't have that something that I've learned because I'm a fucking influencer somehow to thousands of producers across the planet is that every word that you say has an extreme effect on how that argument is perceived and then therefore the emotional balance the physiological balance that the reader is perceiving so someone with depression you know for me it's it's just put your head up and uh, this is a life lesson it's not really ideal because that that doesn't a it doesn't solve a problem but b we don't really know what we're talking about because what does that actually mean does that mean for every single human does that mean for you know just a portion of society that were born blessed and understand things easier than some people do you know so like there's lots of these different elements to it and um, we, we've kind of, this is now on a completely different topic. Um, but yeah, someone that I was going to ask you about <laughs> was actually um, what your, what do you think your, your purpose, your mission, your meaning in life is? So that's a big thing. What I was talking about with self-awareness on the post earlier and balance. And like, that's something that I am so obsessed with because I think I've, I've lacked in it in so long. I'm very, you know, like you're talking about depression and these issues. I'm someone who has been in the up and down spiral in the very short term. So now on a long term, this is why I was addressing passion and what like 
I recently had to sort of existentially sit myself down in, in the most authentic way. And this is another thing you said, like tying it back into segue with whether it's depression or whether creating an argument or just, you know, talking online is objectivity. So I really, and to be fair, it's, it's impossible to be a hundred percent objective about yourself. That's why, you know, therapists or like friends or family to talk to, but in a general sense, being as objective as you can. And like when we, when I commented on your post earlier, initially I was sort of in disagreement, but we came to the same conclusion and we met in the middle when it started from, you know, kind of opposite polarized segments. And that's what objectivity is good. A lot of people's ego might interfere with that and allow them to like get heated or allow them to, Oh, I don't like this person anymore. Whereas actually it's an intellectual discussion, Mm -hmm. but to tie it back into me, what I tried recently to do is to be as objective as possible, sit myself down look at who I am as a person. And I honestly do not fit a lot of the typical traits and not to like put things in a box, like typical traits because everyone's different. But I've seen a lot of producers that are like very, very introverted can sit in the studio 16 hours a day. And that that's their form of meditation. That's how they're content. That's how they thrive. And for me personally, I'm extremely extroverted. I thrive in front of a crowd. I thrive performing. I love when I'm hosting and I, you know, I, I can make sure that the flow of energy is going to gonna be positive because we've all been in those environments where you're stuck there. You have no say. You're in- and that's one thing I always preach is the like raise the bar mentality, your friendly competition to, to lift each other. So yeah. what I recently realized is I want to be an artist primarily. And for me, I feel like production is a means for me to like express one end of the music and then vocally because a lot of the time it's hard to express fully to another producer what you want you might have a general idea but sonically they're never going to hear it the same way you do so for me production is just a vessel to get my voice onto something that's why i started producing in the beginning me and my friends used to rap and freestyle in high school and i wanted to be the one to provide the beats instead of you know if someone had an idea and wanted something custom i wanted to do that and i still love production i still enjoy it you know hours a day i can do it but i'm not someone who will sit in studio 16 hours a day make beats all day and be content that's not how i can do it so for me I realized I want to pursue the artistry full on and I want to be that person who has that live energy. And like, even, you know, I'm very, I'm very outspoken. I'm very expressive with my opinions. And like I said, I'm always trying to get other intellectual conversations stimulating. So, you know, that's kind of what an artist does through music. I want my words to impact people. And I've had a lot of people like friends that know me say, why didn't you go into therapy or something like that? Well, you, you would have been a great therapist. And my answer and ultimately why I want to be an artist is because I love these type of interactions, the one-on-one, one-on-two, where you get into a deep conversation. But it's upsetting to me that it's limiting. And you touched on this on your post of how it's about what a truly fulfilled life is impacting and taking pain away from society on a large scale. And I've been someone who's went through a lot of trauma and pain, and I want to help other people get through it. There's been times in my life where I'm at my worst, I'm at my lowest, and I hear one song lyric, and it resonates and hits me in a certain way, and it completely changes my day completely turns it around, completely changes my perspective. And if I was going to do something reckless or ignorant, now I'm thinking second about it. Like music really, really does save lives. And I want to be the person that can be that vessel of communication to others. So with my words, I want to, you know, I want people to be understood because a lot of the time we feel so isolated. That's what depression is. We feel like we're alone. And that's why social media as positive as it can be right now. We're putting this podcast out to thousands of people, but social media, depending on how you use it, can also be toxic. You can allow yourself to isolate. You can dive into this world of comparison and competition. And all of that is arbitrary. So I just want to show people and I want to lead by example. Honestly, I was the top 5% of my class in high school. I was all honors, all AP. I had 15 college credits from high school. I could have went to anywhere I wanted and I didn't go to college because I wanted to do it on my own terms and I couldn't justify putting myself in debt for music when I was already making money engineering sessions, teaching people. So for me, I want to lead by example. All of my classmates, all the people who just are stuck in the small town and they're miserable doing that nine to five as we touched on, I want to show them, hey, there's other options and you can use your phone and you can use social media. You can use marketing for more than just, oh, I'm going to scroll on the same feed and compare myself to these people all day. You can use it to put out a message. You, you can use it to lift people. So that's what my purpose is. And that's, you know, production is just a side avenue to get me to that end goal. But um, yeah, and artistically and, and recently, 
recently I've, I've been much more interested in visuals and I want to get into audio visuals and creating my own, you know, you're, you're, I love yours, by the way, DSP, your visualizers, you do it, through beats. all of them are so on point and I want to do more of that and more like full on editing uh, my own music videos because I'm very neurotic and very OCD when it comes to my creative vision and I want to be able to fully allow it to impact people the way I'm perceiving. So that's, that's my general, my, my whole thesis. Love it, man. Love it. I respect that. So your thing, your thing is about using music as the, the toolkit to, to, to fulfill that life purpose of helping people out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mark, what would you say yours is? Definitely music. Like definitely music. And I, I fell in love again to make content, right? And like, this is why I make so much video content right now. I really want to help people. Because I forgot, like, with this all producer marketing and selling, and I, I forgot some, I like a little bit to help others, right? Because I was just focused on, or like, it's true, it's true. Like, I was really focused. Uh, it was like really, I was really focusing on like just making the money, right? And then I realized, okay, I can like, it, it's way cooler if you like just make content and help actually people. I mean. That doesn't mean that we didn't help people or something, but I just had like a different perspective on how to like get people uh, on my businesses and whatever. And that's what I realized. And that's why I switched my content completely and also started now with YouTube because I believe this like helping and branding yourself. Yeah, I like your YouTube video, by the way, your first one. Thank you. Yeah, I just uploaded the second one on how to sell beats in the DM. <laughs> 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 Hashtag Italanti. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, what I wanted to say, that's basically, yeah, I mean, like, music is always, like, to 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 push. I don't know if you guys have that too, but if I do a beat, I always do it because I have a certain emotion. Yeah, right? of course. And I love to hear people saying, I have, like, a couple people coming to me after I release a beat and say, like, yo, I really feel how you felt there or what you want to, like, what you want to show yeah. to the world, right? So this is also a big thing that, like, what the music does. Um, and that's, like, we talked about that with persuasion and how it influenced people. And this is, like, just crazy if you think you about it. my last that. two Instagram posts, I put sad piano music behind them. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's like, I mean, I mean, you can use it in this business way, but you can also use it in a just like general way, genu genuine way, where you yeah. just think about, okay, I released this beat. Somebody listens to that and has a social, uh, like a certain emotion, emotion to it, yeah. right? And this is like just what gives me this purpose to do all this stuff and like, yeah. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm actually so glad you just touched on that too, MP, because... Honestly, like if I'm, I'll be a hundred percent transparent. I never beat around the bush. When I first saw you guys like coming up on Instagram, I was like thinking to myself, like, oh, they're all about the business. I feel like they, oh, they're just trying to sell. They're just trying to sell. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, as an objective person from the buyer's perspective, at first I was like, it seemed almost like intrusive to me. And then, but like, I realized over time when I really like talked to you guys and had the one-on-ones and saw how committed to the community you really are. That's when it, you know, changed my perspective. But you touching on that right now is so huge because it, it is. And I've noticed that with the concept, how while it's straight and like, obviously it's understandable. You're going to start up a marketing company. You have to, you have to market, you have to do the business side of things. And you have to, as DSB said, you have to be great at something before you can teach others. So it's understandable. And that's all feedback and experimentation. But I've seen how you've been shifting and offering value in that genuine, authentic way. And honestly, I would say like, just as someone objective, and this is just my own personal feedback, I think that hits way harder because like you said, it's hitting straight to the emotional core. Once you're trying yeah, to sell, sure. it has to go through someone's brain and be processed into emotion, depending on how they're feeling in that moment. But with music, mm. like you said, it's like you can hack straight to someone's emotional core and they feel what you're trying to say without having yeah. to delay the thought process. Yeah. yeah, true. And that that's like basically, I did that because of Gary V. It sounds ridiculous, but I just watched a lot of Gary V and, and I'm still watching him. And then he, I like his perspective, how he thinks about business because right. he thinks just branding wise, if you now talk about David, which is not bad at all, David is selling a lot, right? Grant Cardone is selling a lot. John Balfour. 
and Gary V, in my opinion, or this Jay, how is he called? Jay Shite, or how is he called? This this guy with this green eyes, and he's always smiling and does this. Oh, like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those people are all like always thinking about, okay, how can we help someone, and never think about how can we get something back. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that made me like think. I didn't like do exactly the thing that they are doing, but. This just changed the way I'm thinking about business, marketing, and how you brand yourself. That it, that it makes no sense, for example, to put a sales video up, right? Like, right. it just makes no sense because people are on social media because it's free and they enjoy their time there. Of course, if you do ads, you actually dissect, for example, what I did on my on my if what I do on my social media. There's not really anything that sells. The only the only thing that I sell or when I sell is on the phone, and also yeah, if, you, if you listen to the phone calls, there's actually a lot more care going into the phone call. There's probably a sixty percent care balance to forty percent. I'm gonna fucking close you, and also another um, topic that I want to throw onto this is that, and I and I'll always believe this is that the degree to which look the salesperson is completely responsible for the perception that they have onto others right so um you know with producer marketing um danny might have come across us and there was something in that video whether it be our tonality the topic that we're speaking about or our body language that reflects um a certain kind of perception of who we are um but aside from that, if the perception is correct and you automatically assume someone to, you know, to just sell you something for the sake of something, then that that's really on the, on the perceiver. Um, but of that's the thing. The, the way that the DM people has a big effect on it, right? Um, right. Yeah. But I think just to, to counter it real quick, just to go back to what MP was saying is like the word this is exactly what I meant. Like the word perception in itself already to me has a negative connotation. Like what MP is saying, it's like, you're so authentic and you offer so much that, and I'm not saying you don't do this DSP. I'm just saying it's like by, by being completely transparent and just putting stuff out because you genuinely want to help people that gets better, like a more positive brand reception. And over time, I think I think that wins. I think when you start with, by saying the word perception, it makes it makes it sound like you're you're, you're trying, trying to, to do be, something that you're not. Yeah, you're trying to. It's not 100% authentic, basically. Yeah. So I I totally feel where MP is coming on, and I'm a huge huge advocate of Gary V also in that that way. And it's like a lot of the time too, like different influencers I see, like I have like you know, there's some who are great, Gary Vee and these people, but then there's the kind, like I said, the secondary greatness type of influencers. And that's what I mean, where it's super transparent immediately when you see they're about the cars or they're about, you know, let me rent this mansion for the day for this video. And honestly, that's what I mean. Like then it's, it's perception. They're trying to influence or sway perception. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing in the sales community, but I'm saying why influence or sway when you can just be a hundred percent authentically yourself. And that wins in the long run anyway. And you save money and you say like, not in the short term, it's not going to be as flashy. It might take longer. It might be a 10 year journey instead of a four year journey. But I feel like a lot of these people who pursue that uh, secondary greatness, they might get it quicker, but they're also going to fizzle out. Even in the music well, industry. Well, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, if I mean, look, if we look technically, seen as my Instagram is a topic of this podcast, if you splice it up and you individually read each of the captions, you'll even see that with the testimonial videos, of course, testimonials are used on sales forms, for example that still a story is being told about exactly why it's relevant to the person. And that's genuinely coming from me because right. for example, if, if, if you listen to the way that I provide an argument, it's never, you know, some people provide an argument out of their own ego. Well, I think this because of this, and this is why I'm right. Instead of actually building up an argument for the other person and then building exactly. up your own argument, which eight times out of 10 happens to be stronger. So on the same token, if you were to dissect my Instagram, um, yeah, look, I mean, producer marketing might have obscured 
some of my reputation and also something that I would admit to is that my reputation in the past has been pretty forceful. But, you know, um, if you look at some and of the... To cut in there, the, I would not say that David, to cut in there, like I had sales calls with David, so he, he sold me on his consultation. I never felt that he sold me. I was more like, I felt like yeah. he sold me on that his help can actually help me and that helped me. He showed <laughs> you the value. Yeah, like it was not like that I, I this is like David is selling, but you don't feel like it's and, yeah. selling. I just want to say that on, that, on that topic, um, look, you, you got to make some fucking money. No one else is going to grow your business for you. Sure. And if you believe sure. in your product, if you truly believe that you have something that can genuinely improve someone's life, which it has, Right. True. Look at the yeah. results. I don't know how good my karma score is at the moment. If you imagine it's like a fucking credit score, it's pretty good at the moment because not only have I helped Mark go from, and of course, a market, I'm not saying that Mark has not, I mean, we, he built producer marketing and I kind of tagged on a bit. But, you know, for example, with Mark going from $1,000 to $4,000 within the same month, Cena Beats going from literally being a cleaner to then being a full time. Um, producer within the same month, Bluff God beats going from two thousand bucks a month in a free in a free month streak and then dipping off and then coming all the way back up to three thousand dollars a month and now has a full time career where he can experience being with his daughter every single day of the life and work on what he loves and gets good money. So the karma score is pretty high. And then the topic on the topic of what Mark was saying. It's an insecurity that someone has if they start affiliating sales with scam, with pressure, with doesn't work. You've really got to start dissecting that word and every human has to be extremely careful with the words that they use. Because if producer marketing, for example, comes to you with a sales solution and the first thing that pops into your subconscious mind is pressure, um, rush, high price, automatically you're subconsciously turning down something for the simple reason that you affiliate a certain word with being pressurizing. Now, if we talk about the actual action of it, for me to get on a sales call with someone, and I call it a sales call, you know, you might want to call it a setup call so it sounds more friendly, right? Because people do genuinely have insecurities with sales. Let's say you do get on a, on a setup call with someone. The job is not to, I'm going to open and then I'm going to greet and then I'm going to demonstrate and then I'm going to close. You go into a phone call, find out more about the person and exactly where they're at in their career and you find an emotional um, connection with the person. You sympathize. And then, then, then the insecure people start thinking, oh, well, well, you're doing that deliberately. Well, you can't really do it deliberately if, deliberately if you don't already know how to sympathize with humans. Show me someone that can sympathize with one of them. At the end of the day, like if you think selling is bad, you cannot go out because you get like sold every fucking day. Yeah. It's just a matter yeah. of what we think is selling. Like if you go out and smile to someone, or like just smile, that's selling. you selling yourself in that moment. So there is no world without selling. It's just yeah. a matter of, okay, how do you sell? How do you do it? And how, how do you do it? How do you go to yeah, someone? And how do you present it in a way that people don't think you just yeah. call sales? And, and this is a really right. fun topic. Like for any producers listening right now, like please dissect the word sales a little bit more. Stop it. Like, like you have to have some mental discipline to start realizing that sales follow up and pitching has nothing to do with just getting money for the sake of money. And you can actually start inflicting your own pain onto yourself. If you go and get a sales resource and you're like, Oh, well I have to be the traditional car salesperson. And that all stemmed back from you just affiliating the word sales with, well, you know, I've, I've now got to be a dick essentially. If you just, let's call it something different. I, I'm not even going to call it something different. I don't know what the fuck I call it, but let's call it sales for the moment. The point is that you have your product. You have a certain amount of, own, you know, pain yourself in that either you're fucking broke or that you don't feel like your greatness is being distributed into the planet. You understand that other people that have no clue who you are would not trust you 
because that's part of human connection. When you meet someone, you, you don't give them your bank details, for example, like you would your dad. And that sales is a way for you to not only build trust, but also to build value and show a genuine solution and the degree to which you train and that you continue to resell yourself and you continue to start realizing that you're actually a valuable human being that has some meaning on this planet that can actually provide something, it will reflect. If I didn't believe that my consultations worked, not only would have I probably sold it and it not work on the person, B, that I would have actually made less money, but that isn't the point. The point is, is that X amount of lives, I think around 10 producers out of around 100 producers have been made full-time and we consider full-time anywhere between 1,000 to three to $4,000. Like real jobs and careers have been made um, in the space of a couple, in a few, four, you know, five right. or so. So yeah. creating sales with pressure is the own person's problem. And I, I just explained exactly why that is. But the moment that the person removes that insecurity about sales and they start realizing it's a way to service and most importantly to communicate the greatness that you have in yourself, the degree to which you believe that and you develop that is the degree to which you'll be a successful person. Right. I totally, I totally see where you're coming from. And just to clarify, when I first said that, you know, I'm just, I was giving my transparent first impression. Like, yeah, yeah. this is exactly why I said I'm glad MP touched on what he said is because over time it went from before, and this is maybe touching on that insecurity thing, but like, this is what I'm going to get back to with brands and the, the difference between brand versus selling. Like at first I, I felt like you guys- Wait, wait, wait. I just want to dissect me. that. I just want to dissect that. Brand and selling- are completely different things. So when I get on a sales call, right. for it to be a non-pressurizing sales call, it does not mean that I necessarily have yeah, to exactly, have exactly. Let me, what I was saying is uh, there are two different things completely. And when it, when I, my first perception, why it may have been negative or pressured was because I perceived them to be the same, where I saw the brand as selling. And that was my immediate association. Because that's- as you said, it was initially very, very aggressive. And this is again, tapping back into like, um, you know, human nature and psychology. I now see since you guys have changed your content, like DSB, the, the thing you put up today, great thought provoking, had me thinking, had me really actually, that was value. Mark, everything you've been putting up, absolutely phenomenal. I've fucking put half the shit on my story. It's great. But what Thank I'm saying you, is ultimately I feel selling is still like, and maybe this is my own insecurity. I'll probably agree with you on that. But to me that there's a certain connotation and this is exactly what Gary says is that like when brand is high enough, when your brand reputation is so high that you don't ever almost have to sell because the person is happy to support you. It's almost like they you feel that you've offered if, them if so you much value up, that they feel indebted to, to give you if, the payment. All right, all right, all right. Let, let me do this. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Wait, actually, let me turn it off airplane mode. Hang on. <laughs> hey, Siri. Define selling. As a verb, it means give or hand over something in exchange for money. Okay. So it's a verb. To hear the it, next it, one. Give over or hand something in exchange for money. So selling, if you if you go and buy something off of Gary V's website because you're so in love with the guy and there's such a great emotional connection that you go and buy it, <clears throat> in a dictionary, he sold you something. But when no, I bring no, no. Up- I'm not disagreeing yeah, yeah. with that at all. What I'm trying to say is that on one end of it, it comes from the person's own, uh, their own, like with selling, I feel like it's almost your, it, it's, it can be like, let me try to put the right words to this. Cause I don't, like you said, connotation is important with selling. Sometimes I feel like you're doing more work than you even have to. Whereas if you focus, you double down on brand people, people buy, you don't have to sell when the it, brand value is that. Don't time. get me wrong. You're always, you're, you're always going to have to sell. Just let me finish this last topic. You're always yeah. going to have to sell. But with, with certain things, it's like, it doesn't, like you said, there's no pressure. And obviously, and this is what Gary V says too. When you offer enough value all the time, all the time, all the time. And this is what you guys do super well now. And why I rep producer marketing so hard now and why you guys have changed my mind and why I love it is because now I see, and it's, it's, it's the brand is so powerful and there's so much value that it's like, wow, I would love to support them. I would love to pay. For yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. They offered me so much and indirectly that is selling, but it comes, it, it's one, it feels like it, it, I like, 
it's being pushed onto me, whereas the other feels I'm open to, I want to, and it's like, you know, like that's just my my own. So, so now we now we've got two different words. Now there's a difference between selling and being intrusive. These are completely different things. Because if you bring, all right, now let's bring up the definition for intrusive. Hey Siri, define intrusive. <laughs> okay, so causing disruption or annoyance. In, in a dictionary, these are two completely different things. So this is an insecurity because insecurities are where you start to affiliate a danger with a certain action without any logical explanation. If anyone, by the way, is listening and you want to get rid of an insecurity with anything, this is something that's helped me out quite a lot, write it out and write out why it logically does not make sense that, for example, in this case, selling and being intrusive are completely different things if we're going by the dictionary. but But because we're using a word in a language and a dictionary being the haters of what dictates what meaning is, then selling has just been completely misconstrued. I mean, it makes sense. And on on the topic of brand, the brand, I completely agree, feeds your sales. I wouldn't be making the money that I make right now. I mean, if you guys were following me back in 2017 and early parts of 2018, and still to this day, I can pull up posts where I provide extreme amount of value. Yeah, maybe not making as much conscious decision, but my business was already running so well in the back end that the brand wasn't as much of a emphasis or an importance to me, even though it should have been, because why not do more? Why not do better? So we got brand intrusiveness and selling. They're completely different things. And um, look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with someone being unsure about it because we've been miseducated on it ourselves. It's not our own problems necessarily. Right. Um, can I just to, yeah, just to go back off that, I totally agree with what you're saying. And like by going on a diff, like um, a dictionary definition, you're totally right. But what I'm talking about is like feeling more so rather than this is what I'm talking about of emotional core versus mind. You can always try to find a way to with, with, you know, diction. Like I understand what you're saying with, you know, languages, but, but, we're you know, using, but I'm talking about feeling. Hold up. We're second. using words. If it, if it was a matter of feeling, then we wouldn't be so using, like, then we wouldn't have a language. No, but I'm saying language is a way to communicate feeling. feeling. Right. But what, one thing I'm saying is that there's certain times where, emotions bypass words. And this is what I was talking on with yeah, I agree. music and feeling. And but so then the feeling ultimately- you have is not of selling, it's by dictionary, it's feeling intruded upon, not sold to. Because the language right. that we use is extremely important and by dictionary being the haters, you know, you can probably track this all the way back to, I don't know, um, you know, Elizabethan times. The word selling probably exists as a way to exchange goods. And it's through periods like the, the 70s and the 80s with people like Jordan Belfort when he was a scammer, that selling starts a bit to become affiliated with intrusiveness, high pressure, and a general sense of discomfort. I completely agree that feelings are more important because they're internal, but the language that we're using, therefore, does not represent the feeling that you have when you see a post that you feel Right. And what I'm what I'm trying to get at is sales as a whole, I don't feel is is an insecurity. I'm just saying like there's this is this is what I'm trying to touch on. This is why I'm, I was trying to take a second to really like right. collect my words. But, but selling as a whole is not my insecurity. I just think when it's like there's there's times where it's I want to buy versus I feel I'm being sold to and to, yeah. to bypass all the words and all the language. I feel like humans we are very emotional creatures and even yeah, you know, we, we feel these vibrations and it's almost like we're, we're, we're just animals at the end of the day. Also like an mm-hmm. animal out in the wild knows when it's being hunted. It might not see that there's something behind it, but we have instincts. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like, this is, again, I'm not trying to make it that romanticized or glorify it and say that like sales is hunting. But mm-hmm. if you're going to use that analogy, I'm saying like humans know when we're trying, when someone's trying to sell to us and we immediately convert that into an emotion no, humans know where, when where we get super comfortable so again, humans know when another human is trying to pressure, intrude, put something on to someone else that they don't want. I know this is getting technical and it's a little bit kind of anal, but like 
in the, in the topic of sales, the point that I'm trying to make in being so specific is that sales is to actually service someone. Because if someone's going to exchange their energy, their money for a product, then the only way that you can expect that by the golden rule and the rule of the universe is that you service that person, that you give them something worth 10 times more than what they're giving you in exchange paper. Right. But normally like with services, this is another thing too, with like when, I don't know, like let's say you're getting a haircut, right? You go when you feel the need for that service. You don't, you, it's not normally that your barber's calling you saying, you are you ready? But, but here's the thing, Bar- barbers and someone selling you a $210,000 product are completely different. You know, even rich guys don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I've got to go and buy a Rolls Royce. But you do, know, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and also, they hold a completely different level of value. A, a haircut has relatively high value and an extremely low cost generally, whereas a beat, usually in the rapper's eyes, well, no, let's use a producer product. Let's, yeah, use let's, let's say a haircut's $25 and a beat's $25 for the lease. I'm giving... They'll, they'll buy a haircut. They'll, they'll buy a haircut. Right. I, but I'm saying, what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not talking about if they will. I'm saying... When when someone wants that haircut, they will they will go and they'll retrieve it. It's yeah, but that's of, why there's not cold calling centers set up for barbers. Yeah, but that's like wait 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 guys like this is all selling right. The only difference is one thing is a habit, and the other is not. Yeah, that yeah you. If put Gary it V, yeah, and if Gary V is branding, actually I believe branding. It's just selling your personality. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely good good way to put it. And that's it. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah so mean, like I I'm in like selling itself. Barber. What'd you say? You don't like the barber doesn't need to cold call someone because it's it's a habit and habits naturally yeah. have higher value. Right? Yeah. You know, it's a this habit is- food, hence why people go and spend a hundred dollars on a a meal out. I'm literally about to go and have a meal out with some guy. They'll probably spend a hundred bucks on it, and I don't want to spend it on a fucking you know mix and master from MPBs, <laughs> which I will. This is like also the thing. Did you ever thought about why mixing mastering you don't have to close people on? Because it's just a habit. It's a habit. Well, everything you don't have to overcome, and everything that people don't consider as selling, yeah. it's just selling with the habit behind it. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what I believe is is like all about it. It's creating a habit. Uh-huh. Creating a habit is basically you can it, it's done by making like if I do content that people makes like trust me, makes them makes them trust me, I just created a habit that it's worth to like buy something from me. Well when they buy create, it from you and then you deliver on it. You know, so you yeah. advertise yourself, they buy it. Yeah. If your product and your service is really good enough, you know, then, then that will become a habit. It's, it's the, it, you know, if we're going to look at this on, a, on a, a psychological level, your dopamine levels go through the roof when you're an artist that got their first 10,000 streams on a song. And that happened right, because right. MP or, or uh, Danny or David helped them get there through PR and marketing. That's so, that, now you've created a habit and they'll pay any amount of money to come back to you. I agree with that completely. Yeah, I agree, yeah. So, you know, the, the whole, I, by the way, I've got to end this because I also see that Mark is, um, what are you in, an RS8? Yeah, yeah, of course, Lamborghini. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, but yeah, this was an interesting discussion. Danny, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Danny Camp Beats, D-A-N-N-Y-C-A-M-P Beats. Legend. Boom. Legend. If you guys have any questions, please hit our DMs or yeah. Google it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was great talking. Our pleasure, man. Thank Just you for joining. Had a very Boom. interesting insight. And um, I look forward to doing more collaborations in the future, man. Yep, very much. See you guys soon. Uh, Alright, man.